Life support is nominal. The oxygen danger indicator level is yellow. Please remember that this is a non-smoking pirate ship. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gin Lounge. I'm John Breeden, your host for this episode of the show, and the Chief Lounge Lizard. This is part two of a show uh, idea. We had a show last week on what we didn't like about games, so this show is going to be about, surprise, what we liked about games. So this show is much more positive, and I wanted to uh, end uh, the uh, the two-part series on a high note, if you will. Um, some of you sent in some interesting um, some interesting ideas for us for what you liked about games. If you have some ideas about what you didn't like or do like about games, you can do so uh, at ginlounge at gameindustry.com. We'd love to hear from you. And if you have a cool idea, we would love to uh, uh, feature it on the show. In fact, uh, a couple shows ago, we featured an entire show around a letter that a user sent in, a reader sent in, so we're happy to hear from you. This week uh, in the lounge, we have uh, the same three people that were present in the Dislike show. Uh, we have all the way from England. Shella, how are you doing today? I'm feeling pretty good today, thank you. That's cool. As long as you stay away, stayed away from all those boss battles over the past uh, the past time. Yeah, yeah, I'm in a happy place. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's good. That was uh, that was about your biggest dislike in the dislike show. So mm-hmm. it was good to uh, it's good to get that air air that out. Um, and then somebody who I think likes games more than dislikes them, I hope, uh, because she plays them all the time. Uh, <laughs> Kelly, uh, Kelly is the uh, host of the uh, Gamer Geek Show, which runs right here at GameIndustry.com as well, and uh, is probably our biggest video game fan uh, on staff. So, Kelly, uh, welcome to the lounge. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Excellent. And yes, I am. <laughs> bad, bad. I mean, it's it's crazy. <laughs> but but you're not, and that's the important thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sad. It's just it's crazy how much time I spent with some type of game being played. <laughs> that's, that's true. All right, and now uh, somebody who isn't crazy, because I'm afraid of him, is Todd. Yeah. Todd Hargosh, our extreme gamer. Uh, Todd, welcome to the lounge this week. Yeah, if only you knew the real man. <laughs> oh, Todd, you're a big teddy bear. I know that. Whatever. <laughs> I've had him in my home before. He spent the weekend with me, so there we go. He's not and there. everybody survived. Trained and everything. All the windows yeah. are still intact. <laughs> All right, so this week we're going to talk about what we like about video games. Uh, these are trends that uh, that come up. Uh, thankfully, a lot in games, and uh, so if uh, any of the developers or publishers are listening, these are the things you want to put in your games, as opposed to last week, which were the things that were, as Shella would say, rubbish. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, Shell, you had the most impassioned speech against boss battles uh, last episode, so we're going to let you lead off yeah. this time. What do you like about video games? Okay. Um, I like save points. Ah. You know, the ones that you can – well, I suppose because um, we differentiated last week between save points and save anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I guess I mean save anywhere. Then You know, the ones that like completely save you um, – from walking into a pit of hell and dying and having to do the whole level over again. That's, that's so I like those ones, especially Tomb Raider. Is it, I hated the save crystals in Tomb Raider, mm-hmm. where you had to collect these things and only then you could save if you had enough, and it was just really... Um, 
it was just really stressful. Well, that is that, that that's a bad thing. I mean, you had you, so you I, I don't remember playing that particular version. You had to actually collect things before you could save. Yeah, because the original Tomb Raider had these save crystals, and then Tomb Raider Two, which is the first one I played, <laughs> um, you could save anywhere, and then number three went back to the save crystals because all the the sort of hardcore. Um, Tomb Raider fans went, oh, we like the save crystals because that's who it was in the beginning. It's like, yeah, but it was, but it was crap, so they moved on. And now we're actually devolving the game because you won't be like the first one. Well done. Um, gotcha. But... All right, well, we got our passion speech in. Awesome. <laughs> I didn't know I could get so passionate about save points, but there you that's go. That's pretty good, so don't mess with our save points. All right, all right. Kelly, what about you? What's an element that you, that you like that you're thankfully running into a lot these days when they give me control of the camera uh-huh. don't let no mm-hmm. bloody stupid ai like run with the camera because nine times out of ten and it'll have me looking in the corner like a not too little schoolboy <laughs> instead of looking at the dude i'm trying to chop his head off of you know <laughs> I, I got you. camera control camera control can take a good game and make it a horrible game i mean it's 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 one of the things that they need to get right and the easiest thing is just to give to give it to the user i mean it makes sense mm-hmm. um does anybody remember a game called Oh god, I think it was called like Red Ninja or something where it was a girl who was a ninja um had like the worst camera ever. Every time you got into a battle, the camera which was automatic would would tilt behind her head and look down at her feet. So you couldn't even see the guys that were attacking you. <laughs> it was like, okay, I oh I think god. I saw a flash. I'm going to kick, you know, and it was <laughs> It was, I, th- I think like four people ended up buying that game. So, um, so yeah, they uh, they ended I mean, up. Tomb Raider used to be bad for that as well for a camera. They ended up paying for it. Todd, what what about you? What do you, what do you like? Uh, one trend I'm noticing mostly online is when a, a developer constantly releases good downloadable content. Good DLC. Wanna that one on a regular basis. Okay. Um, uh, two examples. Mm-hmm. One obviously is Harmonix. Okay. Oh yeah. Because all the songs they've been coming out with Rock Band, proven how committed they are to this game instead of constantly releasing a new title every year. I mean, yes, they're going to release the uh, Beatles version and then that Jump the Shark called Lego. <laughs> but at least they're staying loyal to their original crowd mm-hmm. by releasing, releasing up to a whole album every week. Right, right. That, that's commitment. That's uh, commitment, sure. Did you have a second? Yeah, the sec- yeah, the second was uh, Fallout Three. Oh right, yes. I actually had yeah. I had good I had good cheap DLC on there. I wasn't really happy with the Anchorage, but I think the Pit more than made up high. for it. Man, the Pit was great. What a great! Oh, I love the Pit. The pit was really cool. Um, and you know, for ten bucks, you really got to add um a a lot of content to your game. So I I thought that was really good. Yeah. I'm really looking forward, though, to Broken Steel because I want to at least level up my character more. Oh, yeah. I want to go to 30, and I want to get rid of the ridiculous ending that they put on the original game. Oh, yeah. So, so, and both of those are going to apparently be fixed in Broken Steel, which is out uh, in May very soon. So, um, Okay. Uh, along those lines, I want to bring up one that I had, um, which isn't exactly a DLC situation, but actually free content that is given out to uh, to players and the perfect example is uh, Call of Duty World at War um, uh, all of a sudden uh, I got these extra levels on the game where I can fight Nazi zombies and it was really fun and really cool mm-hmm. and I didn't pay for it I didn't even know I was getting it it just kind of added it to the game and there it was and I'm having a lot of fun with it I don't know if any of you guys have had a chance to play that or not oh not me at all <laughs> wait for Todd to, yeah. <laughs> Todd will be like what <laughs> 
Yeah, I have because your husband pages me every night. Nazi zombies. And you guys play Nazi online zombies, <laughs> and I just We've ignore had, them. We two. Each of us has our own Xbox, and we have two copies of World at War, and we both have the extra expansion pack that gave us the second Nazi zombie map. Mm. It's just look ridiculous. I love it's fun. Second one's harder though. The second one's harder. The zombies have a lot more hit points or something. So yeah. Yeah. Well, that and if you start out, it starts you out in two separate different. Got it. You got to pay the money to get the doors open so you can get together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it, but it's really genius and it was it was a neat it was a neat free thing that I got. So that was kind of neat. So so free stuff is good, especially when it's actually good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, usually you get what you pay for, but not in this case. All right, uh, Shella, what what about you? What's another like on your list? Um, the ability to, to do things that I can't do in real life. Okay. Like, I mean, that's what games do best. I know it's a bit of a sort of big one, but, like, you know, like, fly spaceships and the parkour element in Assassin's Creed was awesome. I mean, that was the best bit of the game was just, like, leaping around on rooftops and seeing if you could jump from that sort of, um awning up to that tower and stuff that's like that. true i mean the parkour stuff was really cool that that's the sport where you just basically run as fast as you can and and use obstacles uh you go over yeah. walls and under cars and all kinds of crazy stuff yeah, it's yeah. popular it was... you see it in movies like um the last james bond movie had a lot of that which was right oh yeah yeah because the the previous um uh born movie had it, and so then Bond is following in the footsteps of Bond, mm. so they stuck some in as well. But the, and then, of course, Mirror's yeah. Edge released a game entirely based on it. Oh, that's true. That's the one yeah, I was trying to think I of. I didn't play that. I if heard only, things about it. If only the combat on it wasn't so terrible. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, that's yeah. what brought that game down, in my opinion. Yeah, well, the game the game was centered around that parkour basically idea, and I, the combat yeah, was almost added yeah. in as a as a as a second. But that was like extreme parkour. I mean, that was like that was like running down a crane and jumping to another crane stuff mm-hmm. that you would never do yeah. in real life, like Shella said. So that was that was yeah. made that game pretty cool. Um, so good. Okay. Um, so when you when you said Shella, when you said things that you don't normally do in real life, I was hoping you weren't like you know murdering ten thousand. Uh, <laughs> The fact that I can kill stuff that needs killing and I don't get arrested. That's true. It's great. Yep. I killed 10,000 people and they were all bad. Yeah. <laughs> they needed it. All right, Kelly, what about you? The, well, the one, it seems small, but when I'm playing a first-person shooter, which is one of my favorite genres, could you please give me a jump button? Because I don't want to get shot in the head and die because I'm stuck on the twig on the ground because I can't jump over oh, it. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of bad level design, but I've seen that where it's uh, – you know, the and the other thing is um, these hyper-realistic games where um, – the terrain actually gets in the way of your bullets. Like there'll be a tree and there'll be a branch. It'll look like a branch and you're shooting over the branch, but the tree is like solid. So you really end up hitting the tree, which, you know, you would, mm. I, I've seen that a few times too. So that's almost, that's yeah. almost like a bad terrain thing as opposed to needing a jump button. Yeah. With that too. But some of them's been but cluttered. This is the but, light. So <laughs> yeah. But for the most part, the FES is it put the jump buttons in it, it just to make it more realistic and nice. I mean, honestly, I like any of them that do. Even going down to RPGs and stuff. But the first also. thing you do is like, jump. Can I jump? All right, I can yeah. jump. Check. I'll play this one. 
It's like, that's the first thing I look for. My control schemes is where's my jump button. It's, I don't, maybe it's an OCD thing with me. That's true. Well, I mean, I, I like the, I like where you can crouch. There are some games where you can't change your stance, which is really bad in, in a lot of Firefly. Yeah. So the stance management is, is, is pretty important to me too. So I could see that. Jump would, would fall into that for me as well. A lot of my evasive maneuvers and not dying is dealing with jumping. Mm. Because they have trouble hitting a target that's jumping around. Yeah, so. on, on multiplayer too. Like the guys that jump a lot seem to be more successful than the ones that just run around the ground on in, in, a, in a straight line. <laughs> so Todd, Todd, what about you? What's another like? All right, this one will be kind of contradictory for me due to my hatred of MMOs. Okay. But um, I'd like to see more multiplayer games that actually encourage teamwork as opposed to competing against each other. Like, uh, like what do you mean? Uh, like a perfect example is like Rock Band. Uh, get four people to get four people together and join in on that. Right, right. Well, I think uh, like well, we were talking about the Nazi zombie thing. That that I mean, you can play that by yourself, but you're really encouraged to play it with others. I mean, everybody's on right. the same side. So, so yes, I think that I think that the uh, the cooperative gameplay is actually something that is going to catch on um, even more so. And I've actually seen it in the board game arena because. Um, uh, we play a game uh, on uh, Tuesday nights. We have sort of a gaming night, and one of the games we play is Cranium. Um, and the standard Cranium game, you actually end up uh, fighting each other, you know, trying standard game. But then there's a version of it called Cranium Hoopla where everybody's on the same team, and you either all live or all lose at the same time. And I think that's kind of a neat thing, and people seem to like that better. Mm. Yeah, I like oh, yeah. cooperative play. It's true, and there's not a lot of that. So that was a really good. That was a really good one, Todd. So thanks. Excellent, yeah. excellent call on that. All right, let's see whose uh, whose turn is it? I believe it's back to you, Shella. <laughs> okay, I've got um, I've got one more. I basically I think I dislike more things than I like, which is a bit worrying. Um, but it's kind. It's um, I suppose it's sort of sandbox um gameplay. Um, the likes of Shenmue and GTA gave us a free reign to do whatever we want and we didn't have to do the missions if we didn't want to and that was nice. And then kind of linking in with this was Burnout, the crash mode. Oh, right. Which oh, yeah. just like took a standard game and elevated it to a thing of beauty and genius. How genius. Like, you could just... It was just incredible. How genius was that? They 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 figured out that the one reason people the one of the main reasons people play racing games is because they like the crashing. So they centered a whole game around it. I know, but they didn't think it was going to be so popular. They didn't think, but it was. I mean, I spent hours and hours with a few guys just like crashing and crashing. It was it was amazing, and um, yeah, that was a great thing when. You know, we're left to kind of make our own games with a set of tools. Well, I, I heard Todd kind of, uh, kind of, uh, uh, I don't, I don't, I'm, uh, he made a sound, and I'm sure it was a pleasure <laughs> sound when you, yeah, when you mentioned Shenmue. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was like, was, isn't that one of like your all-time favorite games, Todd? It was until uh, Sega decided, oh, we're not going to release number two for the Dreamcast, mm. despite oh, me predicting yeah. that. <laughs> right, right. Yes. Yeah. Well, the uh, the sandbox games. I think I think the sandbox mode is what makes Oblivion and uh, and even Fallout Three really popular because mm-hmm. you're you're pretty much free in the world to do what you want, and I think that's what people like the nonlinear gameplay, basically. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. It's the way forward for sure. Excellent, excellent, good mm-hmm. one, good one. And so Kella has expended her likes list. <laughs> so let's uh, let's see, Kelly. Uh, do you have anything else on your on your list? Yeah, um, good cover systems. Oh, I love right. that. No, that's mm-hmm. so hard. It seems that nobody seems to get that right. Yeah. Like there's some some games that do it a little bit better. I, like one had really stepped up the game and offered something new with the cover system, and I really like it. And they kind of it was more seamless and not so sticky. I mean, it still wasn't perfect, but mm-hmm. it like, was still a step up. And like nicer. the uh, like the Time Crisis games, which is like all about <laughs> cover basically. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it seems to be it seems to be this year's trend though is to have. Um, a new improved cover system because when I went to the preview thing of Fear 2 and obviously Wanted was along there as well because it was Warner Brothers that seemed to be the thing that they kept going on about so it's it's this year's ragdoll physics gotcha oh god ragdoll physics when they do something yeah, good it's, you know they're going to pat themselves on the back and yeah, that's one of the markers yeah. they're going to talk about constantly I, yeah. I was actually yeah because at- Fear 2 it was quite good as was- well you could just grab anything and like knock it in front of you and stuff that's cool. pretty wild I like I like I like that that sounds cool um yeah. I was re- remembering Ragdoll Physics. There was uh, I went to a demo at some trade show or another where they basically lined up a guy, you know, on the screen, and you're like, okay, now I'm gonna shoot him in the left hand and watch what happens, and then they're like, okay, now I'm gonna shoot him in the right foot and see how he crumbles totally differently. And it was it really got into that Ragdoll Physics. Role. They really did. <laughs> all right, all right, Todd. What about you? What's another like on your list? Uh, when when a classic game gets updated and done correctly. Oh, cool. Okay. Oh, yeah. And last year, last year we've had some great um, great updates. We had Bionic Commander rearmed. We had Mega Man Nine come out. Mm-hmm. The year before that, they released Pac Man Champion Edition. I gotcha. Okay. I still play this day and it is so much fun. I mean, you could even almost throw Fallout Three into that category. That's true. I mean, it's not a remake per se, but it is taking a, a classic series and, and redoing it in a in a sort of different way. So that was kind right. of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna th- I'm gonna throw one in because I, I I like some stuff too. <laughs> 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 and uh, I'm gonna say, um, and this is actually this was actually revolutionary um, when it first came out, and that was and that is. Um, Letting the fans create the content, and I mean like giving them basically the same tools that the developers have and letting them create levels and change your character and things like that. Um, I think one of the first companies or one of the first games to do that was Neverwinter Nights, um, and uh, which uh, Atari, I guess, was the publisher on that, but um, BioWare was the, the developer, but – the the th- the fear in the industry was that if you give the keys to the kingdom to the fans, that they're going to lose all this money because everyone's going to be creating their own levels. You're not going to be buying the company-made levels, and that really hasn't turned out to be the case. And and another company that does that a lot now is um, Bethesda with you know Oblivion. There's like I must have I probably have more gigs in fan-made modes than I do um, stuff that I've bought from them. You know. That's the one thing that's making me actually debate of buying the PC version of Oblivion because how much I loved the console, the 360 version, and everybody's like, you haven't tried anything. You need to get the PC version. And oh. I'm literally contemplating buying it. There is so much stuff, and I mean the entire spectrum. I mean they've created um, 
they've turned cities into like a, a horror type of thing where it's like a, it's almost like a Stephen King, I mean, you know, uh, era. And they've, I mean, there's just so much good stuff. I mean, there's a lot of crap too, you know. Oh, you can take a girl's shirt off and you can see her breasts now, that type of thing. But there's, Woo-hoo. but there's an awful, there's an awful lot of like really good high-end content that, you know, if, if Bethesda was smart, they'd see who was creating this stuff and they'd hire the the people that design the best levels yeah, to come yeah. in and do it in, in-house. But it really extends the game, and I don't think it's hurt the popularity of the game at all. I think, if anything, it's made it yeah. much more popular. Strengthens so. the brand, doesn't it? Oh, ab- absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, Todd, do you have uh, do you have anything else? If you, if you only had one more log to throw on the fire, what would it be? Oh, yeah, I got one big one. Okay. This is from... Uh, it's something that happened this week, and it's more of trains with Xbox Live Arcade, but it's the fact that they're bringing back old dr- classics that were on the Dreamcast. Oh, okay. Uh, earlier this week. You nuts about it. <laughs> earlier this week. <laughs> earlier this week, they announced the return of Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Oh, wow. Which is one of my oh, favorite wow. Xbox, or my, one of my favorite Dreamcast games. It It goes for a high amount on eBay, whether it's the Dreamcast or the Xbox version. And and you're going to be able to get that through Xbox Live now, mm-hmm. for fair for fairly inexpensive, I assume. I think it's like ten or fifteen. I can't remember which. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then just recently today, they released Virtual Lawn for the drink from the Dreamcast to um, Xbox Live Arcade. Gotcha. Okay. okay. And it's even even better. I just found out that my all-time favorite game, Gunstar Heroes, is being rumored to come out for Xbox Live Arcade. Oh wow! And I will do anything to get that. <laughs> even <laughs> even pay ten dollars. <laughs> yeah. So it's worth it though. <laughs> That's cool, Kelly. I know we were talking a little bit before the show, and you had one that I want to make sure we get to um, about being forced to play online. So why? why um, that was uh, that was kind of the opposite of what I wanted to I wanted to bring up. Um, uh, you were saying that uh, certain games force you to play online. Um, I think that. A cool trend that I like to see is actually when you're playing online like an MMO and you're able to actually play solo content where they've created levels just for you. And I know it sounds kind of weird that, okay, I'm playing online with a bunch of other people, but I still like that. I can I still like that service, you know, it's like, I still like, yeah. I still like being given the individual content. So I, I like when that happens. And a good example is uh, Lord of the Rings online, which I play a lot. There's a lot of really cool solo content that you go through that mm. is, you know, just designed for you. I feel like, um, I feel like they made the level just for me and my little hobbit. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> that, yeah. that, I'm hoping champions online is going to be good for that as well because you have you create your arch nemesis right and then you have battles with him or her or it or whatever it is oh that's really cool uh, yeah, so I'm hoping that it's going to be quite good for solo missions and things like that. Well, and then your superhero, because of the creation engine, you're really invested in your hero. So that's really cool that you actually get to yeah. play some of their history, you know? That's, that's Yeah, exactly. And you create your nemesis. It's great. It's inspired. <laughs> I'm just wanting to get that game just to kick my husband into you know, his comic book drawing, you know, storyline. Yeah, I'm like something to kind of spark that fire underneath him. Oh, is he an artist? Oh, he? yes. So uh, he, okay, cool. 
Yeah, he's an artist. He's currently working on a comic, but he doesn't do superheroes too much. But he, okay, he does storylines. But he that anything like that would give him a spark. Very yeah, cool. very cool. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so individual content in any in any form, even if it's in a massively multiplayer game, you can still have individual stuff. So, I think we had a pretty good list of things we liked. And if you were listening last week, uh, you were able to hear what we didn't like. Um, you can hear, still hear that show and every show, uh, both the Gin Lounge and the Gamer Geeks at GameIndustry.com. We have all that stuff ready to go, and you can also pick us up on iTunes. So, if you have a, a like that we didn't get to, please let us know. Send an email to ginlounge at gameindustry.com. And we'll see you next time in the lounge. Until then, we hope that you run into more likes than dislikes, unlike poor Shella. <laughs> 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 all right, I'll see you. I'll see you all next time.